Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the Planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest, the ability to create custom plants and varieties, a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's going to be based on the dimensions and each block is going to be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app and the Planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden and use the link below to get a discount on the Planter app. Have you decided what method gardening you're using? Have you even tried to read about it? And let me guess, it's probably confusing. Well, we're going to give the argument today for a traditional garden right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Somebody called a police. Somebody stole Batavia's bell, damn it. <laughs> it's under my stack of 2022 mail junk mail oh. no less yeah <laughs> oh man so yeah we, we um you know i see a lot of things out there in the world about different methods of gardening and stuff like that and it it makes my head swim i don't know about you to make yeah. your head swim on one hand it's like i want to be i want to be accurate and kind of the way that we depict what we're doing but then on the other hand it's kind of like accurate to whom you know and on what day of the week because you know there seems to always be a change oh you and i are so different because i could care less how <laughs> i did i describe my gardening out there it's just gardening right um i can't tell you how many comments i get or emails about have you tried such and such method or this method or that method and then i go look into it and i'm like you know, it's basically the same method that's been used for many, many, many years with mm -hmm. just like a tweak to it. Mm -hmm. And then somebody put their name on it. And it's just it's super confusing. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's a worthy topic, especially as we come into spring. And speaking of spring, why don't we spring right up? to patreon and sign up or give us a donation to help keep this show on the road um we've gotten a couple donations and i really appreciate everybody thank you you're keeping the show going so with that being said we need to um do you know of any methods off the top of your head there's i mean there's so many methods i can't even pronounce some of them yeah i almost feel like let's cover off on what we're not going to talk about right you yeah. know so i think a good example like hydroponics like that's 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 not traditional right period well, that's a different kind of gardening though yeah, you know what i mean yeah for sure but would you ever consider that traditional i wouldn't no i wouldn't but <clears throat> no so i just i just 
to help us, I Googled different gardening methods and hydroponics is like top on mm-hmm. way high on the list. Now, th- now, this being said, let's let's get this out of the way. We are not talking bad about any type of gardening or method. OK, so hydroponics, neither one of us dabble in that at all. I know people have done it and it's great, but yes, there's a complication to it, right? Yeah. um, So my simple response would have been, we're not poo-pooing on it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, and I actually do have one of those kind of like small kind of kits or whatever that I just haven't. Like, I feel like I have to read 20 books on it before I actually start doing it, which of course I don't. Um, It's year two. So that's, you know, something. Um, so I'll probably be trying it at some point during the off season. Not this off season, though. So, I mean, <clears throat> you know, there's basic stuff like container gardening, raised beds, in-ground. Like, that's not really what we're focusing on here. Mm-hmm. It's stuff like Back to Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even think permaculture. of Permaculture. Permaculture. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with an What's H. The, 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 the one. Hugel, the yeah, yeah, whatever. That's that the one thing I can't is. say. Yeah. <laughs> where I, whether or not it's accurate, where you're layering things, you know, I, I've read before I ever knew that word of the lasagna method when it yep. comes to building a bed out. So in my mind, again, whether it's right or wrong, I connect those two. Um, but I mean, in my, I'm also looking at it like that's a way to kind of manage from one point until you get to the point where you're ready to plant. You know, I'm more interested in kind of the general techniques you're using throughout your garden, throughout yeah. your garden experience, right? You know, so. Well, I, I think, think. Go ahead. It almost feels like there's a medium for some of these, like the container, container gardening, kind of the H garden, <laughs> which I'm not even going to try again to pronounce it. You know, that's the method of setting it up. Right. But then vertical gardening is, again, a method of, you know, the way that the structure of your garden looks. Right. That's not what I'm focusing on when I think about traditional gardening. You know, it's everything else. Hugel Coulter. Good job, buddy. Yeah, I just I got it pulled up right here. I had to phonetically sound it out. So and I mean, there's benefits to every single one, you know, um, like this, the H one. We just I'm looking (laughs) I'm looking at it and it's like, you know, the scrap wood goes in and all that stuff. And then you can build your beds on top of that, Mm -hmm. which is great. But I think the problem that I find in a lot of this is people fixate on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They fixate on what method are you using? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't really have a method. I'm just gardening, you know, like I might do a little bit of lasagna stuff for a little while and then I may do the H for a minute or something Mm -hmm. to kind of do something. I may do, I do a little bit in container, Mm -hmm. um, back to Eden, you know, you do some of that stuff. I mean, so it's like you mix all of them. Someone, someone's like, what, what style of garden do you do? It's really hard to, kind of just narrow it down you know mm-hmm. what I mean and I think it it pins you into this hole if you get fixated on this a certain style of gardening you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever had anyone directly ask me what type of gardening or style of a gardener are you I do think it comes out in some of the other ways that people ask questions and I feel like people can absolutely get fixated on it you know like yeah. there are absolutely container garden posses right they are like 
they keep it real about what they do. They hey, look, I'm with you. <laughs> so we know and that you're that, right on the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know that th- that that exists. Um, however, I think that a lot of people kind of try to align themselves with something they feel like is successful. Yeah. You know, so um, and then once you kind of go all in for those that do on one of these methods, it's hard to to kind of see the rest. Yeah. You know, because a lot of these things require some investment as well. Um, You know, even if you think about something as simple as container gardening, which I wouldn't consider traditional. Yep. I said it. Mm hmm. Um. It's. I think. Yeah, it's a, I don't think it's traditional either. Yeah, I think it's up clearly because I do a lot of it. It's it's a great um, way to garden, but it's not traditional. Like if I really kind of pulled it bare bones, it would absolutely be rows of food. Yeah. Right. Um, but <clears throat> our traditional, your traditional, my traditional, I think has evolved a little bit beyond that. Well, I mean, it's like um, on this list I'm looking at. They've got hanging gardens, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I saw. I remember. Years and years ago, um, this is like 2010 or something. I was watching something, and <laughs> somebody was getting ready for the apocalypse, and they had um, they had a small post stamp lot mm-hmm. and their you know uh, yard, and within that, they had this crazy hanging garden, and they were producing massive amounts of food. But I bring that up because there's there was a purpose for it. You know what I mean? It wasn't just do it just to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have a lot of space. So they were creating space in which to grow these. Like they were doing, um, I don't, I'm a butcher, this uh, trombocchino squash or whatever. Is, mm-hmm. Isn't that the okay. really long squash? Well, no, I'm it's not like, sure if I heard it. I heard it's it. like three, four feet long or something. Mm-hmm. And so they were growing them in there. But it was it was creating, a, it was a solution to a problem that they had. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then same with raised beds. So raised beds are a solution to a problem, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people are under the assumption that the topsoil that's in your yard is just no good to grow when, I mean, the trees are growing in it just fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why are we feeling the need to create this other space to do it? You know what I mean? And I, look, yeah, I, I, remember- I raised bed guard. I always have. Well, yeah, I have as well. Well, no, not, not always. Um, probably for seven or eight years, I did not. But remember the um, the you know show stopping flower display that I have in my front yard, my street side flower bed. Oh, that I was hit, that was so last year. I don't remember now. Yeah, right. Well, wait, it's coming. <laughs> um, you know, probably about a dozen times a year at various points, I get the question of kind of what are you doing? Like, how do you produce this? And the funnier thing is it probably has the crappiest of crappy compared to the kind of curated soil. And I never add compost to it. You know, I basically dump soil in, right. You know, it's like, Oh, you know, I had to, everything that I pulled up from my, um, that had kind of composted down and I'm using that word lightly, the wood chips as they broke down, Mm-hmm. I basically needed a space to dump them. And so I dumped them in that bed. And it's just basically been a spot where I've put things over the years. Um, it probably has, it's the space that I spend the least time watering. And again, these are different than your vegetables, but things thrive in those spaces. Have I had some plants that have failed? A couple, but I've had far more failures in all of my methods of gardening with vegetables and fruits and, and herbs than I have in that flower bed. Um, I do think that 
patience is a, a key driver as to the style of gardening that we we use. Yeah. So if you think back way before raised beds were a thing, you know, if you had what you would consider bad soil, you worked on it year over year over year over year. Yeah. You know, patience. Yeah. It, it, it take and determination mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to say that. So I'm gonna give you a, a determination story. Right to it. Quick. To itness. <laughs> so if you know, and if you don't know, now you're going to know that I've been trying to grow Brussels sprouts. This is my, I believe third or fourth year. I kind of get, it gets a little muddied in my head. Mm-hmm. And today I walk out there and, um, they're swelling up nice. So, uh, I look at them like, all right, any day now. And then mm-hmm. I look on the other side of the plant and now I have white mold growing on top of the plant. So I harvest it so I can get my Brussels sprouts mm-hmm. and try to eliminate it, eliminate it from spreading. But it was that determination over years and years that got me to the point to where I could actually get a harvest. Now, look, is it a little ridiculous? Of course, it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> but it was just one. Of, it was something that I wanted to do. Yeah. And it was something that I was determined to figure out. But patience was king. And I mean, look, it sucks. It's hard to fail year after year at something. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but, you know, we got it. And it was just that determination that kind of kept it going. And, you know, <clears throat> I've got another list pulled up. Every time I, I Google um, different gardening techniques or mm-hmm. there's like a new like top 18, there's a new totally new 18 in there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's like square foot gardening, you know, that's mm-hmm. another method. Mm-hmm. And people that square foot garden, I think there might be somebody here amongst the two of us that does are pretty hardcore about it. Are we not? I think it's one of the most common um, methods I hear people reference. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I ever was like everything in my garden has to be set at a square foot. I just like the structure. I like kind of the, the look of it, the view. I create grids and a lot of my beds, um, but I don't necessarily follow like two plants go into this square foot. I think it creates the structure that I need kind of just by eyesight, you know? Um, So I wouldn't say I'm hardcore about it. But there are people out there that like containers are just like, this is how we do it and we're going to do it this way. And I've tried it before. And so it didn't work great for me, but I can use aspects of it throughout my garden as well. Mm -hmm. So you're, you kind of, you mend and blend these different styles, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But it kind of goes back to the idea of um, how much time do you want to spend on a thing so i think what was it the first time the first year you talked about square foot gardening and it was like you put either too few or too many plants and it's like oh yeah i didn't read the book or i didn't look at that particular you know particular recommendation um and you weren't satisfied with it and then you're like oh i was supposed to do x y and z yeah you know and so i think our desire to chase a thing because sometimes you've been chasing brussels sprouts it clearly is is what drives us to figure out if it really really works for us it's tomatillos are a great example i I bought a new, a new package of tomatillo seeds this year because my favorite salsa, well, the Mexican sauce recipe from the bald book that you shared with me is my favorite salsa 
from a, like a red salsa standpoint. But uh, salsa verde is my hands down favorite salsa and I've been trying to make it and I have like the worst time at it. And I want to grow tomatillos to do it. Um, but tomatillos are kind of finicky, you know, the right. plant. And it's like, well, shoot, how many jars do I really need of salsa verde? You know? Yeah. Like, do I do I really, really love it that much? I'm not so sure. Yeah. And I think as I was thinking, as you were talking about that, about my square foot gardening method, um, it was all about the pruning. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of pruning involved in it Mm -hmm. that I wasn't really feeling. So, um, but that allowed me to say, okay, if I can put in this bed, four tomato plants, let me put three in, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then give it, it's the room that it needs. And that's, that's worked out for me in the past. Um, no-till gardening is another one that is huge. People talk about it all the time. And I think there's a little bit of a misconception about it. So are you, are you prepared for me to I'm, say this? I'm pausing because I'm thinking to myself, like if I had a box for a traditional and not like, you know, is if we look at traditional as in what most people have commonly done. And let's just talk about, you know maybe one or two generations. I don't know if I want to go back further than that. I'm trying to, to digest whether or not is it more, maybe not tra- traditional or not, maybe it's more natural to not teal versus to teal. Although traditionally we have, you know, farmers and things and gardeners, home gardeners have tilled. And again, I'm going back a generation or so. So yeah, I had to kind of work that through in my head, but go on. Yes, I'm well, prepared for you. I mean, if you think about it, Food has been grown by the act of tilling for many, many years, and we all grew up on food that was in farms and gardens that have been tilled. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole thing about no-till is you still scratch the surface. You know what I mean? Like, you're still turning it up, but you're not doing that real deep till. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that just total flip. And I mean, it's hard to say... Like when you look at somebody and they're they're doing a no-till and it looks amazing, it's like, okay, well, what else is going on behind the scenes? You know, are they fertilizing more than you? Are they adding more compost more than you? Um, the whole microbes argument is really hard because it's something that you can't see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like you're, it, you want to preserve all of the microorganisms that are inside of your garden. And I do agree that you know if you do a deep till and you flip all that stuff over that you are in fact going to do some damage but at the same time we know that tilling has been an effective method for many 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 years and farms had been grown for generations on the same land that was tilled for years so i'm not giving an argument of like oh it's great but it's not but what i'm saying is I would I would hesitate to start it and then get so fixated on not telling that you actually don't do anything but dig a small hole in your garden to drop your plant in. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah, there needs to yeah. be a little bit of mixing, but you can borrow from it. You you can borrow these practices from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think there's some people that feel like they've done the research and they're firm believers on one yeah. method or another. I think that while we commonly refer to back in the day, I think that just with life gardening and otherwise, we realize that some things that were done in the past, we've since learned when you know better, you do better. Yeah. Right. You know, so you welcome what, you know, you can welcome change. Now, the, I think a part of what you and I, which, you know, there's a tinge of that social media gardening into it where, um, 
you like something is painted to be uh, the monster right you know and so and because of that you know you keep on hearing it once you search you google or youtube something you guess what's going to happen you're going to start seeing more of that that video more of that article and so on in your feed and so then it starts to feed into you like oh yeah that it tilling is bad you know and and whether it is or not i'm undecided um but that doesn't mean that it should drive a change in your garden you know what i'm saying yeah um that's the hard part, I think, because we have so much information coming to us in so many different ways, and we're always trying to fix a thing, you know. Right. Um, and it's easy to get wrapped up around the axle about some of this. It is, and it's the same argument of like organic versus synthetic gardening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, are you totally organic? Are you, you know, do you use synthetic fertilizers or chemicals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Um, I've often stated, and I will state again, like I do not judge on that. That's a personal mm-hmm. preference. Mm-hmm. I believe in organic gardening with a synthetic intervention as needed. So if there was something that was just like bad going on, like you got to take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's no point. I mean, if we want to bring up like your tomato debacle from last year, you know, mm-hmm. if I'd there, rather not, but okay. Yeah, well, we're going to rehash it for a second. But if there was a synthetic method to treat that, would you do it versus not being able to grow in that space for years? I'm not sure, to be quite frank. Based on the space I have today, if this was... And it's hard for me to even go back to say when I had a smaller space, because back then I wasn't growing as many tomatoes. I I believe that if I had some synthetic option to... um, that I knew would have fixed tomatoes last year, I would absolutely did it. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, yeah, you know, now I've accepted kind of you, you need to, it's not, the issue is it's not like it's a forever fix. You know, at least I don't want it to be for me. I don't want to continue to apply the thing over and over and over again because I'm stuck on growing as many tomatoes as I was growing in that particular space. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things too where you think like okay it's going to be multiple treatments no matter if it's organic or synthetic Mm -hmm. like there's never going to be a one treatment thing but a lot of times these treatments will take care of it and then move on Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and you Mm -hmm. may have you may have to apply you know the beginning of the year or something like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times that's you know I say that with a grain of salt but it could work that way like for those white mold for instance that I have I was reading about it I went through it's in every garden bed mm-hmm. almost every garden bed so it has spread to an extent you're telling now, me that that's it's in every garden every one of your garden beds yeah in okay. my garden beds okay yeah it has spread to an extent now there's a couple options that I can do I can I can treat it mm-hmm. if I can find a way to treat it I can pull the soil out and replace it I can plant in a different method. I can rotate. There's a lot of different options Mm -hmm. to do before I need to jump into that. Now, when it comes into the heart of the season, and if I'm getting this mold every single time, you damn skippy, I'm going to do something a little different. You know what I mean? I'm going to have to step it up a little bit and, you know, throw a little bit of synthetic on there and let let our scientific advancements take over for a little (laughs) bit. So, (laughs) but it, you know, it's all these different methods again that just if you are fixated on it it can become a hindrance because 
if you only want to do organic and then you can't find an organic solution, are you just going to let your garden die? You know, if you need to till your soil to some extent, but you believe so hard and deep that you cannot till your soil, are you going to let compaction take over in your garden Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that you cannot grow? You know what I mean? And you're just going to have to do it very slowly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think, but, but is that, is that the minority, like the extreme, you know, the extreme person, like leaning all the way in, like, you know, never adjusting, do you feel do you feel like I don't feel like those are the majority of gardeners? I feel like and I'm going to talk about my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. I can't talk <laughs> for anybody else. Um I think it comes in waves. You know what I mean? I think you may learn about something new and then you'll be like this is what I want to do. And then it's like, well, no, hold up. This didn't work great. So let me go back to the drawing board a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's a lot like that. Instead of just like, no, this is the only way and this is going to be the way forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to hydroponic garden forever, no matter what. You know, I'm just using that as an example. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Yeah, I laughed a little bit as I asked the question because I. Um, you tried to set me up. No, no, it's a different. It's like then I put the question back to myself. So I asked whether the majority were like that. And I still don't believe the majority are, but then as I uh, thought to myself just quickly, I'm, I can be stubborn. So if I look at that and say, there's some things like where it may not be one of the methods we've already talked about, like, Oh, I can't get past doing this. I keep on trying it. Maybe I'm not even having success with it. I keep on trying, you know, this particular method. There are things that I do in my garden that, um, that, I've struggled with year over year and I keep on doing it thinking I'll make once more tweak and that'll be it. And then there are things I don't do, you know, as a gardener that, um, you know, I've been stubborn about. So the things that I continue to do over and over again, and we've talked about this because you keep on beating me up. No, I joke uh, <laughs> is, you know, what I choose to grow in containers, you know, a great example would be potatoes and the lack of success that I feel like I've had with them. Something that I, and then you switch over to something that I have avoided doing and boy, does it continue to bite me. And that is, you know, consistent crop rotation. Go back to the episode where I stood on my soapbox and said, never. I don't know if I was th- that extreme, but I was probably pretty close. Yeah. You're pretty close. Mm-hmm. Because I, I did say something to you privately about that when everything mm, yeah. went down. But I, don't, I don't know if I believe that, but okay. Yeah. But I mean, it's you're exactly right. And so um, one thing that we haven't brought up about at all, and I've actually had a couple questions about too, is straw bale gardening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like growing in straw bales. Um, for the record, I do not purposely grow anything in straw bales, but I do know and believe that it can work just fine. I so, um I follow a gardener that does some like straw bale like sweet potatoes, mm-hmm. and from my view, it looks like he's pretty successful at it. Yeah, I mean, I'll go out there right now. I have a straw. I leave straw sitting outside, mm-hmm. and um, when it you know how it comes baled with the rope on it. Mm-hmm. I think I have I do. one. Yeah, it's it's got rope on it right now. If I cut the bale right now and stick my hand in there, I guarantee you it's about a hundred degrees inside because mm-hmm. it's composting mm-hmm. inside of itself. 
Um, I've taken it open and I've showed it on online before and stuff like that. How there's like mycelium growing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the wheat, the seeds from the straw bale germinate in it. So it's like it definitely works. It holds moisture. It decomposes. It does everything. But do I want to have my whole garden set up in straw bales? <laughs> like, no. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But I think there's a specific time and place to use it. So it's, you know, and I just go back and I've always been this way of like, how did my grandfather grow and how did his grandfather grow and the people before that? And then when I hear about these new methods, I definitely look into all of them. But I just there's something in each one of them that I'm just like, eh, you know, I don't think so. And then, we, you know, the like the back to Eden Garden. Mm-hmm. For example, do you know what this is? Uh, you know, I feel like I've, and this is where, isn't it primarily driven by the use of wood chips? Um, well, so the, <laughs> well, maybe not. Fu- no, I don't it's, know. It's funny you say that because a lot of them are like the H one mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. uh, is driven by that. So yeah, you lay fresh wood chips down every couple of years to break down mm-hmm. and then you'll get that perfect balance and then the compost and stuff like that. So for me, that does not work. Okay. I saw another person online who grows in the South, same problems I had. And the problem is, is you put this stuff down and we get fire ants that just get mm-hmm. in it and build nests and grow. Yeah. And don't nobody want to have that walking around with that. Yeah. Not yeah. to mention, we all know that the first year that the wood chips start to break down, it does absorb the nitrogen out of the soil. So you've got to replace it. Now, once it gets going and you do it every couple of years, it's fine. But that first year can be kind of tough. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now, there's the big the big benefit to it is mulch. Yep. If you break it down, that's all it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um. I, you know, for over the years, going back to the, you know, when we were originally doing the early episodes of this podcast, I was a fan of uh, wood chips and I was, I went from like, oh, I'm going to use them as a part of kind of walkways to I'm going to use them in as mulch for my garden beds. And I would continue to use them as mulch for my garden beds, which I do not do now if I didn't want to feel the need to amend my garden beds by adding things like additional soil, adding things like compost. The wood chips don't break down fast enough from the ones I'm using in my garden bed. So then I ended up scraping up wood chips, which is just a pain in the butt. Then you have kind of the invasion of the roly polies. Um, So I transitioned, I think, one or two garden seasons ago to using uh, leaves, which I've had much more success with. Um, But I love the idea of, you know, using wood chips in other places, but it's definitely not kind of back to Eden style. Um, You know, there's something about the need to try something new. And I'm not talking about a new vegetable that you're planting. Um, continually right like what's it saying like let well enough alone right so on one hand there's the if you continue to stay stagnant and if it's viewed as being stagnant then you don't have an opportunity to grow you know no pun intended but then there's the if you're always changing a thing you're always changing a thing and do you really even have an opportunity to determine if there's true success in the thing yeah. I mean, because these things take years mm-hmm. to see these successes of them. 
So I just want to, can I do a sidebar real quick? Of course. Um, when I Googled back to Eden so I could get it right, mm-hmm. um, there's a question that came up in frequent, you know, it's like, you know how Google will give you like top questions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, can I water my plants at 2 PM? Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. End of story. Okay. Don't even Google it. Yes, you can. You have my permission. Oh, that's... So, um, we did a whole episode about that, but, uh, it was it you know, connected I, to back to Eden gardening or I look, I have yeah, no idea. Okay. This is Google. You, you yeah. can't. Okay. <laughs> you, you can't. We just can't work on that. So, um, but you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, the back to Eden, um, is the number one reference and no till gardening is the number one references that I get about style of gardening mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. and I tried for a year and when I noticed that I was just having major issues I pulled all of them up and you know what I did with all my wood chips I put them right in my flower beds <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know years later they're starting to kind of it's starting to break down mm-hmm. I need to replenish and all that stuff so it definitely does work to an extent but guess what's in my flower beds as well fire ants yeah that's sucky you know it's actually a. I mean I don't know if I've ever seen fire ants in my garden and I, oh, come could, down here I'll hook you up yeah it may only be a matter of time uh, but I say that to say it, it reminds me of kind of different environments yielding different issues yes. and sometimes different successes right you know well how, how what a great segue mm-hmm. Batavia I, I love it I love it <laughs> so that's exactly right um, a lot of times when you hear about these different methods and stuff like that I think it's a good idea to go back and look at where they came from Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then look at the climate in which they came from. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if something, and I believe the back to Eden, I'm not going to put myself on the record totally, but I'm going to say it out loud. I think it was in a cooler, wetter environment is Mm -hmm. where it was birthed. I don't know. Um, So if you think about it that way and then put it here where it's hotter and drier, you know, when we get those dry days, that's where the ants will come and then they'll take over. But also what happens when it's dry is those wood chips don't break down as fast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So then you're starting to get a slower process in that. You know what I mean? And this is, and the wood chips in the garden is a hot topic. <laughs> hot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't have as, as much kind of direct access to... Like, you know, how exactly did you garden when and for what back when and then for what reasons? Right. Because my thought is a lot of the methods I'm using that term loosely were just based on access. Right. You know, you you use what you had, you did with what you you could um, versus, again, we can have so many things shipped to us. We can, you know, do different methods like, again, you know, I could get free wood chips, you know, and and. It, it goes back to me for for me it goes back to just because you can should you right yeah and i mean I that's know. a that's a a good point because these methods a lot of times people will get wind of them and then we try to kind of go out of our way to make it happen mm-hmm. you know like you have access to wood chips for free mm-hmm a lot of people don't have that. So nope. if I was to do that, you know, that's a huge investment on my part. Mm-hmm. But what do I have that's cheap and available to me? I have straw. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what I use. I use straw. And you know, if you don't have these available items, like I wouldn't, I would not go out of my way because there's probably a reason why you don't have this stuff available to you. <laughs> it's interesting. And, and I'm just the opposite. Like I don't, that I am aware of, I don't have a lot of access to straw. Like I remember the one time I bought it um, and had it shipped, it was super expensive. I can get it from like my local home improvement stores. And there's some, depending on who you are, there's some question around, you know, is it really safe for your garden? And I've probably ignored the potential uh, concerns or issues around it and just said, it'll be fine. Um, And so far it has been fine. Um, I, I like, you know, kind of, use what is from a resource perspective is is available to you at you know in most cases little to no cost anytime you talk about raised beds which i don't know if you could even consider that traditional gardening to be frank um when you think about raised beds you're almost always adding some soil in oh yeah and so that alone if you look at what that expense is and most people have to pay some some bit some for some amount of money for that soil, you know. Yeah, for me, so traditional gardening for me is in ground gardening, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. You dig up a plot, make some rows, stick it in the ground, bada bing, bada boom, you got yourself a garden. So I think any adjustment above that can you know changes takes you out of that traditional gardening realm. Now, that being said, I think once you, if you take that out of it and you say, okay, well, let's just say raised gardens or traditional gardening, then you can go into like your fertilization methods and your mulches mm-hmm. and then all these different things that you do. And then you can kind of add and build from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot to be said about what additives and stuff you put into the garden at the, you know, during the process of the year that make it a little bit more complicated because another thing to, I mean, look, gardening ain't easy. It's a complicated thing to kind of get your head wrapped around. Now, luckily it's not, you know, it gets easier over time to an extent, but there's always a wrench that gets thrown in Mm -hmm. every, every year something happens. And so as we learn and we grow in it, it does become easier. But then when we switch things up and, you know, you, you start adding different things and you're like, oh, well, that didn't work. Well, you've wasted a year by doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say if I had to give a piece of advice to a brand new gardener about this and they can't even say, how do I start a garden or, you know, what, how should I garden? I would, I would tell them, look at some history books and see how people did back in the day and go for it. You know what I mean? Like don't go crazy getting down the ring and Google and stuff like that because you can get in the weeds quick. Yeah. I don't know if I'd, I'd send them down that path. I'm not sure what the path is. I feel like there's, um, you would send them down the H path. Whatever. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I just think that, um, I don't know if I completed my thought earlier around, you're like, when we know better, we do better. Um, the old way isn't always the best way. I think there's some significant p- components about the old way. You know, I, we, we yeah. sometimes say things like, you know, they've been, they grew food for, you know, eons, you know, what could be wrong with it? Well, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff we used to do, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, even decades ago that we just 
the majority of people sign on to ain't the way anymore. Um, and I'm speaking more globally than just the gardening. So, um, I think that there's much more access to current information that can be viewed as a simple path to take. And I'm not sure where that is (laughs) besides the internet. Um, I definitely think that there's something to be said about, you know, doing a quick scan of community gardens, meaning like, do you have a community garden near you? And can you talk to some folks there? Because that kind of nips a couple of things in the bud, you know, your local area, people that have been doing a thing for an amount of time, you know, so they can advise on what does well, what doesn't do well, troubles that they run into. Um, Some of the, the ways, like the structures of those garden spaces are that way because it's a community space. So, um, so there is that kind of asterisk around it, but generally speaking, I think it's a good, like physical place to start. Damn, my phone hadn't rang in like two days and now I get on the podcast and it's just constantly going off. It's driving me crazy <laughs> and I can't, I didn't mute it. My bad, everybody. Yeah. I think. I don't think it matters in the method in which you plant the garden. I think it matters most in how you maintain it and what happens the next years. You know, does that make sense? It does. But I think it's it's there's a weight on each of those things. If you start off with your garden, whether you're planting in ground or creating a raised bed and it's on a slope and you have some drainage issues like you're going to be up creek you know yeah so i mean i think again those generally i i think maybe are the exception for people um i think that you know digging up your grass or going to a dirt patch in your garden or your backyard and putting a plant in could lead to some issues so i do think the kind of upfront work matters i think that most all of the the methods that we've talked about when it comes to like setting up a garden i think they all can be successful you know, I think there's probably some nuance in if you're in Hawaii versus, you know, Alabama versus Chicago, maybe there's a slight difference, um, you know, with what method may be a bit more successful. But I mean, the world is yours, man. <laughs> I think that's going back to your point, like, you know, put them on a the wall, throw a dart at it, man. Like, Don't yeah. get caught up around that. Well, let me ask you this. What made you go to a raised bed? Uh, I first went to a raised bed because I wanted to grow food beyond the 30 by four foot space Mm -hmm. in my backyard. And at that point, the only place I had was in my mind, my patio and that was concrete. And I just didn't want to put dirt on my concrete. So I had to kind of enclose it. (laughs) And that led me to a raised bed. Now, another version of that question is, or another answer to that question is after growing in ground for years and years, why did I put raised beds on top of that space? Right. That answer is um, primarily aesthetic. Um, and then also the first version of the cage baby I wanted to build. And that really needed some structure. Someone just asked me recently, how did I get the wood post into the, the ground? Um, when some people do that with like concrete, I didn't. I basically had a raised bed built. And then the wood basically is connected to that, which reminds me I need to go back and answer that question. Maybe yeah. you're listening. There's your answer. Maybe not. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I started doing raised beds early on because I wanted to help with weed control. Mm -hmm. That was my big thing. I wanted to help with weed control. Um, And then originally it was I would have like full control over the soil. Mm 
that was in there. But then as I grew and learned more, I, I learned that um, that wasn't the best idea. Hmm. That probably has been one of the big hindrances by me is because I do have that control of that soil. It allows me to mess up more as far as like nutrients and stuff like that, because there's not as much access. I mean, you know, once you, if you plant in ground, you got three miles and so you get to, you know, bedrock or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, let me you answer know. that question a third time in a third way. So the front yard garden, <laughs> hey, no, go hey, ahead. hey, so the front yard garden was all grass. Yeah. And then I dug that grass up and I could have created rows that I planted in. Right. So why not? Um, that was I had already been on the like raised beds. Like I like them. I like working in them. I like the again, the structure of it. Um, it's this divine space. Um, I also was on the, you know, let's fast track this thing and get some good soil in. Right. Yep. Which I could have added to just again once I dug up the grass could have just added to that soil Um, but primarily the space is in the front yard and it goes back to aesthetics for me I wanted something to look a little bit more neat that's not what it is right now people like please don't come and look at my space right now (laughs) It's, it's nothing but neat but in hindsight if I had to do it over again I would do it the same way. The only caveat is because they're raised beds, it doesn't give me the room to move things around as much as I like to. Right. You know, if it was rows or something even a little bit more low key, I could like rearrange some things like I love to do. Yeah. And and what about containers? Why did you trans, you know, start doing more and more containers? And last note on that. And for the raised beds in the front yard, um, and of course, if there is a downside to it, in addition to not being able to rearrange my garden space like I want, clearly the cost, right? You know, so that's you know, the asterisk yeah. around if there's a con. Containers came in between all of the raised beds. Um, and it was, again, trying to expand my garden space um, without digging up things. So containers yeah. really took off before I got to yeah, you don't need that grass in the front yard. Uh, so in ground, Raised beds on the patio. I need more space. Insert some containers. I need more space. Insert more containers. I need more space. Dig up your front yard. That's my story. Yeah, I needed. Um, I, I need. I needed more space, and I wanted so, stuff that was readily accessible to me. It's like I could walk out of my back door and grab it within thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. So that's what why I gravitated towards. Um, light container garden. I've never had a giant container garden and I don't ever plan to. It uh, doesn't mean it won't happen, but it's also within the past two years kind of grown a little bit because I wanted to expand without having too much of a uh, responsibility of expanding it, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Like I didn't want to have like be married to something because ultimately I could just dump the pot out and then move on, you know? Yeah, container gardening definitely makes, I feel like gardening in general, and you'll hear this kind of almost tagline, more accessible to people. Yeah. The one thing I rarely hear, like, and then the next beat when it comes to, like, container gardening is, I always look at your garden and say, I get why you limit it just from a watering perspective. Yeah. It's no matter where you are, it's harder to keep um, plants watered, you know, Um in containers period 
you know yeah. and so the hotter the space is for the longer period of time it creates more and more of a challenge it doesn't mean right. you can't overcome it you know um we've seen gardeners in texas do you know and 100 plus degrees arizona 100 plus degrees you know and they manage it but I don't know if I'd be if I'd have like 60 plus containers if I lived in a place that was as hot as some of those those areas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing about container gardens, I just got a really good stretch. Felt good. Kudos Um, to them while you're stretching. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things about, you know, having container gardens and stuff like that is, man, they get big quick. It, I don't hardly ever see anybody with a handful of like if they have oh, a container garden okay. like a handful of containers uh-huh, uh-huh. they get like you know 50 60 containers like it's it goes in deep yeah so yeah. Um, which is pretty cool I like that I like the passion behind it um, yeah but if you ever say anything bad about it the container garden crew comes at you hard so. yeah there's a witness protection program for those that <laughs> <laughs> spoke bad about container gardeners well we, we we don't want anybody to be upset. And one way that we don't get upset is we feed people. And when we grow our food, we feed people. So let's do something. Let's do the recipe of the day. All right. Have I ever given my black eyed pea recipe? Do you know? I think you've given remember. a black IP recipe. It depends I'll on only which have one. one. I only have one, so <laughs> never mind. Um, no, I'll give you a soup recipe then. So we do a um, we do a chicken, air quote, chicken noodle soup, which obviously mm-hmm. you can use whatever you want to get your chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's six cups of water. And then if you use like the chicken cubes, it's six chicken cubes in there. Um a chicken breast, if you want to use that, we use, we actually don't put anything in there. We just use mushrooms instead of that. So it gives a nice little beef to it. Mm-hmm. Um, noodles, salt, pepper. And then what I've did last time is I threw some spicy mustard in there. Boy, oh boy, was that good. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hooked on the spicy mustard situation. Um, but it was really good. And then um, the key ingredient for it is about a teaspoon of cumin mm. that goes behind it. So um, in these winter days, it will warm you up. And we do a lot of things. We'll do rice sometimes. We'll do noodles. We've done stars. We've done alphabet <laughs> stuff, you know. All that was good things, but um, it's really easy. And if you put some kind of green in there, then you kind of beef it up a little bit. Well, I don't want to use the word beef because there's no beef in it. You kind of uh, soup soup it up a little bit, and uh, it gives it a little bit more um, staying power in your stomach. So quick and easy. Takes about thirty minutes to cook from scratch. Not bad. That's really that's the key. Wait, so is this? Is, are these canned beans? Which of my beans? No, there ain't no black eyed peas. I changed. I said oh. I was giving chicken noodle soup recipe. Oh, okay. You was half listening yeah, to it. That's half okay. Listening. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to you every time you give the recipe. I recipes, can tell. So. I can see it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, chicken noodle soup, super easy. Okay. That's one of our favorite recipes. Uh, now I have to go back and listen on the replay to make sure I get the recipe down, which is yeah, what I, I would a, normally do. I, when my grandfather at one point he gave me his um, he was a big cook and he gave me a 
recipe book for soups. It's called 365 Soups. That's it. Oh, okay. Okay. And um, yeah, it was all, there was all kinds. And it was like on the second page. And I was like, damn, I can't even get past the second page. <laughs> there's some nasty ass soups in there too, though. Oh, like yeah. there's a cold onion soup in there. No, sir. <laughs> so, but yeah, that'll get you going. <clears throat> We're still so in when, soup season too, though. So. Yeah, you know, we have not had a very cold winter, so I have not been big on the soup kick this year. Yeah, we're, we're back sad. down to, you know, zero degrees as a, excuse me, pardon me, as a low. Then um, I don't know, I think maybe... Celsius or Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, thank you. I can't remember when I was, if I was telling you this or not, or even if it's on the episode, forgive the um, repeating of it. But this is like a few days ago. My neighbor sent me a text like, hey, I haven't seen any movement over there. Just making sure you're OK. And I'm just like, you know, once we get into the 30s as a high, you'll see a little bit more movement. Yeah. Uh, and then embarrassingly enough, um, a different neighbor shovels um, with her snowplow our walkways like the public walkway. You know, so that snow is clear. And I just hadn't gotten out to shovel like my front yard space like so my poor mail person a delivery person it's only like about two inches but it still is two inches so anyway that i think compound compounded the are you okay over there yeah, yeah. so so yeah it's still cold i'm still have y'all gotten up. a lot of snow no i mean all in all i think we've had maybe three times like three snow events you know going back to november december january leading into february and the most i've gotten it feels like is maybe three or four inches like That's in nothing. any of those events no nothing i mean i've we've seen of course like many have i think it was maybe 2011 or something where the snow was up to my garage doorknob yeah you know, no so. well, before i left new england the last year we had like 10 feet of snow in one year it was ridiculous mm-hmm. i know if you live in a normal uh, a northern climate and you get a lot of snow you, you wipe your butt with three inches of snow. That's nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like, that's hold just, my beer, yeah. Yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> now, for me, the first time I was in New Hampshire, I was visiting who is now my wife, and they were calling for like six inches of snow. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm from North Carolina, so I'm getting up there, and I'm like, oh, man, we got to go get something to eat. We got to, you know, oh, my gosh. And she's like, no. Let's go watch the movie. I'm like, what you talking about? Let's go watch a movie. <laughs> and we're driving around. I'm like, damn. I was like, nothing stops for the snow. It was shocking to me. So yeah. And we, um, if I, if there's an ask, let's just be kind to those folks that, you know, if a city shuts down when there's snow or or super icy conditions, any of that inclement weather, I used to make fun of them when I was like a mean girl. No, yep, I'm calling you a mean girl, or a mean guy if you do it. Um, it's just they're not built for it those cities aren't built for it. their infrastructure is not built for it we have one snowplow for two counties and so if they even say snow they shut the schools down Mm -hmm. and i mean it is a dick move i will be honest because we'll say i'll say something on like youtube or something you don't even know anything about snow i'm like hold up man i'm like you don't get it you can't buy a snow shovel Mm -hmm. you can't buy salt for your driveway Mm -hmm. you can't get sand there's nobody like when it snows here that's it you are on your own jack there is nobody coming to help you so i've visited a number of places but i don't normally travel as much in the winter and i'm born and raised in chicago and so in my mind it's kind of like all right you know you're you're 
replacing um you know streets every year patching holes you know every year based on you know all of the salt that they're putting down and you know pothole spring is for everyone right years and years and years ago a guy i work with who was in georgia at the time he talked about they had like some ice scare it was the beginning of weather shifting in my view you know they had some ice scare and it took him like two and a half hours to get home and then his wife was putting down like bath towels on the driveway to help yeah. him walk up the driveway you know yep. and so it's like yeah you know i get it um it's tough now we'll tell you when i was a kid we got a blizzard here it was just of what a real blizzard is but we got like I want to say it's like a foot or 18 inches of snow. I'm not lying when I say the city was totally shut down for two weeks Mm. and people were like breaking in the stores to get food at that point. Like nobody could get down the road. It was ridiculous. Wow. But anyways, so in summary of all of this, I would say if you're going to do a gardening method, just be free about it, man. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, Go through and pick what you like, pick what you don't like, and don't get hung up on the name of it. Just, you know what you should call it? This is my gardening method. This turned into like the Woodstock episode like in the last 60 seconds. <laughs> Just be free, man. Just you know? be free. Here, hold my joint. Be free. Free yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Free yourself. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. But um, look, everybody, check out the planter app. I know it's that time of year and everybody's getting ready to, if they're not planting their garden, they're getting ready to, it's, there's a link down below, help get you a discount, become a patron, give us a donation, help us out. Patrons get another episode every month. So come check us out. And also if you've made it this far into the episode, you are officially invited to our Facebook group. What's the name of it, Batavia? Backyard Community Garden. There you go. So going, come check us out. Going to my phone to check to make sure that's the correct name. And while yeah. I do that, uh, check out my brother Ben and his spring garden plan. So it's over on YouTube, Sandy Bottom Homestead. And the episode is titled My Spring Garden Plan. Spend some time with him uh, while I watch the snow outside. He's like literally in his garden with his plan, too. So, yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was confusing to say the least, but that it used a planter app in that video. Mm. So there was like a dual purpose to it. All right, everybody. Well, I'm glad we learned to grow and grew for change. See ya. <laughs> now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck!
We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.